It says in Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. So my story is one of overwhelming grace. And I can't, I can't tell my story without you, without the church. I thank God for you, for your faith, and for your partnership in sharing the gospel. From when I first started, you know, all the way till now, 15 years later. You are the bride of Christ. And I believe that you are stunningly beautiful. You see, many years ago, when I had not been working here very long, uh, in fact, we were still in our old building at the time, um, it was right after we had just celebrated the birth of our first son, Ryler. And uh, he was probably, I think, a couple of, the months, couple of months old at the time when my wife, Bobby, started to have quite severe pain and swelling all throughout her body. Now, I don't know about you, but my wife has a very high pain tolerance. And I think that's probably the case for most of us husbands. Our wives have higher pain tolerances than us. But this seemed to take over her entire body. She was incapable of even doing the simplest of tasks. And it turns out that she had rheumatoid arthritis, um, which is an autoimmune disease that your immune system attacks your healthy joints and, and tissue. So there was one, one day, it was a really bad day. Um, I had been home all day trying to help Bobby out. Um, she couldn't walk on her own. Um, she couldn't go to the bathroom by herself. And like, it, it just wrecked me to see my young, healthy, 22-year-old wife just suddenly bedridden. Like, I felt completely useless as a husband. <laughs> like, I so desperately wanted to like, take the pain away, but I felt like I, I could do nothing. And I had to leave. I had to leave, and I remember, I remember that she couldn't even nurse our newborn son because the pain was so bad. And I had to go and lead at the youth group at that night. And so I had kind of roughly planned of what I was, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna teach on. Um, but I got to youth that night and I stood on the stage and I, I just stumbled around. I think I probably like verbally puked my heart onto the floor. I was ashamed because like I'm the youth pastor here and I couldn't lead. I had nothing, I was broken. So I was hanging my head in shame, standing on the stage. And there's a few moments of silence that go by. And then all of a sudden, all I remember is that the youth and the leaders just came around and embraced me and prayed, laid their hands on me and prayed for Bobby and I as we went through that season of, of our lives. I want to say thank you for just how well you cared for us. You guys brought us meals. You gave me time off to be at home with her. It was just this beautiful gift. So thank you. I also thank the Lord that after the birth of our second son, her rheumatoid arthritis went into remission. Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. 
to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you made me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. So there was one Sunday uh, when we brought one of our four kids to be dedicated to the Lord, to thank him for just a good gift that children are and uh, the child was. And as we stood up here, there was, there was a mom in the congregation who didn't know us at all. But she stood with others and she began to pray for our son. Not knowing that years down the road, their, their kid and our kid would be best friends. That they would express the love of God to our son. I'm unable to adequately express the thankfulness I have for the hours and hours of prayers that have been prayed. You've entered into the heavenly realms into spiritual battle on our behalf. And so many of those prayers <laughs> have been answered. I'm so thankful for answered prayer. I remember one Sunday where we had four or three kids at the time. We had three boys, and Bobby was pregnant with our fourth kid. And we hesitantly began to pray for a girl. I was terrified to have a baby girl. I mean, God has thus since changed that fear into just like joy and blessing. But anyways, we were, we were hesitantly praying for a girl, and some people kind of knew, knew about that. And so one morning, we're, we're in the atrium, and Beth Reyes, oh, Beth, I don't know, is she here today? Beth comes up to Bobby and is like, hey, can I pray for you? And we're like, yes, I will never say no to that. So she puts her hand on Bobby's stomach. She's like, Lord, we pray that this would be a little girl. And if it's a little boy right now, change it to a girl right now. <laughs> Amen. So I hold Beth Ray as directly responsible for my beautiful little girl, Eliana. Eliana, by the way, means God has answered. Psalm 111, praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. So I went out hunting one year, because now I have four kids, and my three boys are ravenous and can never get enough food, so I went out hunting in, a, in an attempt to try to provide food for my family. And I'm, I'm not like a big trophy hunter. I'm like, if I see something, I'm gonna shoot it. I don't care how big of antlers it has or not. And in fact, this season, I was like, you know what? I'm just going for a white-tailed doe. I don't even care. Like, that should be pretty easy, right? So I went out over and over and over and over again. I saw zero of any animal. And I was like, okay, all right, let's, let's work on this. So I'm calling up my buddies, talking to some farmers. Hey, where's the animals at? We had trail cams set up in certain spots. And one guy's like, hey, I'll take you to a spot. It's a guaranteed slam dunk. You'll get it for sure. We go out there, nothing. The guys are like, hey, we're not bringing you hunting anymore because we don't see anything either. So you got to do this by yourself. It's just over and over and over again. Like almost three months go by. And every time I've gone out, I've seen zero. I was getting a little bit discouraged. So the end of the season is coming. In fact, it's the last day of hunting season. I'm like, okay, I took the day off work. I'm like, I'm going out all day. We got to get something. I'm like, just, I don't even care how big it is, just something. 
Um, go out in the morning, see nothing. Big surprise. Day wears on, nothing, nothing. It's like, what is happening here? Finally, me and my buddy are like, okay, we got one more spot we're gonna go to. So we head out to this spot. And what do I find? A white-tailed doe running across the field, headed for the bush. And I'm like, ah, I've got like one shot. So I line up, take a shot. And the deer like, ducks. I was like, what? And it just dropped. And I was like, oh, I totally got it. And then it was like, and like, totally happy. Didn't get it, completely missed, whatever. I've never seen a deer duck like that before. Anyways, hunting season's over and I'm like discouraged. But I wasn't quite completely discouraged yet. We'll get there in a minute. Because <laughs> I had a late season cow elk tag, and so that's the season that's from like December into January. So I was like, hey, we can get that. That's when the elk kind of hurt up. It's a lot easier. I went out for day after day after day in minus 40, and I saw nothing. <laughs> I had people that are like, hey, there's elk in my field. Come now. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, yeah, as soon as I hung up the phone, they left. And I was like, ah! Ugh. So I got nothing, <laughs> that whole season, nothing. And I actually like, that hit me pretty hard. Cause here was my attempt to try to feed and provide and care for my family as, as the man, as the, the provider and the breadwinner. And I couldn't even do that. I was discouraged, I was frustrated, I was mad at myself. The lies of the enemy started coming fast and furious. Like, oh, you're a horrible hunter. And so you're also a horrible person and a horrible father. <laughs> it actually consumed me in a downward spiral, thinking of how am I going to provide for my family? Why did I feel like the Lord was against me in this? And so there was one day in my desperation, I just cried out. I was like, God, why? And I just love the Holy Spirit's gentle responses. Oh, that's not how I want to provide for you and your family. That's not how I want to provide for you. His plan was to use you, this church. Hunting was not the means that God was providing for us that year. It was an Acts 2 moment. <laughs> and I mean, and I can say that that's been a theme <laughs> of my life, is that where the believers had everything in common and they had and they shared with anyone who was in need. I mean, we had groceries provided for us, food shared with us, vegetables, beef, elk, somebody else's, uh, <laughs> potatoes. I love it. I love potatoes. Potatoes are probably like one of my favorite foods. I honestly don't think I've ever had anything made from potatoes that I don't like yet. I mean, we'll see. I don't know, maybe you guys have some weird dishes you make, but I'll try them. Um, anyways, in fact, <laughs> if I had to choose one food to eat for the rest of my life, and that was the only one I could eat, it'd probably be potatoes, because they're just versatile, right? Like, think of all the things you can, never mind. Moving on. God's plan was to use this church to bless us and to provide for us and care for us. You guys have cared for us in so many different ways. We've moved eight times since I've been here, and we've had more help than we even knew what to do with. Home maintenance, medical aid, spiritual aid, hand-me-downs and clothes for my kids. I mean, my kids wear nicer clothes than I do because of the generosity of this church. 
Numerous times we've been in situations of need where people from the church have just unexpectedly paid for something or given us a place to stay for free or a vehicle. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, we had to start writing it down so that we could remember. So I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for caring for us so well. It's in fact because of your care for us that I've been able to sing the praises of our Lord Jesus. It says in Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, we are his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now my wife has been attending this church since she was, since she was young. And during her youth group years here, the youth leaders at the time encouraged her to go to Bible school where I got to meet her <laughs> and marry her. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so why do I say all of this? Well, one, I really just want to say thanks. From the bottom of my heart and the depths of my soul, thank you. Two, I want to honor you for the sacrifice of love that many of you have made. And three, I want to encourage us that this is what the church looks like. This is what Christ has his church to look like, to care for one another, to spur one another on to love and good deeds, to greater and greater measure to the glory of Christ. Do you know, because of your help moving, I've been able to witness to my neighbors. It's like, how did you get so many people to help you move? It's like, well, let me tell you about this sweet church and the love that comes from Christ. Now, I know that there are many of you sitting here who have similar stories of the care and support and provision that this church, Christ's church, has been to you. And I praise God for that. But I also recognize that not everyone here has had the same experience as I have had. There's been hurt here, yes. There's been deep wounds and pain. But we can be thankful in the good times and seasons of blessing. And we can also be thankful in the hard times and when we don't see and when we don't understand. When I was in high school, um, which was a really hard time for me, but that story's for another day, um, my dad got a call one morning, early in the morning, because he was a youth pastor at our church at that time. And he got the call that two girls, two sisters uh, in our youth group had been killed in a car accident on their way to school that morning. These are good friends of mine. I think it was the first time in my life where I actually wept. I was devastated. I was wrecked. They had just become Christians a couple of years earlier, and they were on fire. Like, you couldn't give them enough Bible study material. They just wanted to talk about Jesus and share his love with everyone. 
And then it seemed like in a moment, it seemed like that fire was just snuffed. I didn't understand. Fast forward 20 years, almost 20 years. I'm praying one day and I asked the Lord, I was like, what do you want me to be thankful for? Because I mean, might as well ask Jesus. He knows things better than we do. So Jesus, what do you want me to be thankful for? And the Holy Spirit's response was the death of Jen and Ange. I was, I was gutted. I, I couldn't. I, I fought the Lord in it. And then all of a sudden, Bible verses started coming to my mind. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Ephesians 5.20. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father. Oh, but God, how can I thank you for something so difficult and so hard? How can I thank you for their death? And the Holy Spirit's gentle response was, you thank me for the death and torturous death of my son every day. The death of Jesus Christ. I said, Lord, this is hard. I don't know if I can do this. What is it that's holding me back? Why, why can't I do this? His response again was, I have to let go of the need to understand why and just trust that he is good. If he can use the death of his son for his glory, he can use whatever you or I are going, for, going through for good. I mean, that's what it says in Romans 8, 28. God works all things, all things, for the good of those who love him have been called according to his purposes. That's a promise. So I just cried out, God, you will work this out for my good. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't see a path, but I just trust you in this. And I still don't know why. I mean, I can see glimpses. I can see that because of their death, the gospel was shared with a community and a school and a, and a city that needed Jesus. I still don't fully understand. But I look to Christ. Because it says this in Hebrews 12, that it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross because he knew what it would bring about. So we look through to see what God is gonna do to whatever's going on in our lives. Because Jesus is pretty awesome. And nothing in his hands is wasted. Nothing. Like, if there's anything that you put into Jesus' hands, it's not wasted. There's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no situation that is going to be meaningless when given to Jesus. Because nothing is wasted in his hand. He makes beauty rise from the ashes, because only he can. So we thank him and we trust him. So what are you thankful for? I mean, you may have already heard that a number of times in this Thanksgiving season that we're going through, and you may hear it again and again. But 
what are you thankful for? I want us to take some time now. Just, we'll have a few moments. We'll just sit in quiet reflection. And just, I want you to ask Jesus that question. Jesus, what do you want me to be thankful for in my life? Now, he might not bring such a hard situation like he brought to me. But it, always submitting our lives up to him and his will and his leadership. So we're going to have a few moments of quiet reflection, and then Pastor Andrew's going to come and lead us in the next part of the service. Lord, I pray now, God, Jesus, as we submit our lives to you, that you would reveal to us what you want us to be thankful for.